Hi, everybody. Hello, welcome to your Friday. You're listening to Crooked News, where we bring you crazy news and hilarious history. And sometimes a baby crying in the background. <laughs> not today, though. Not today. Um, no, not today. All right. So I've got three very short stories. Um, this first one is from Fox 35 Orlando. Uh, published Yay. on uh, the first of the year. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. So Ooh, starting it off right. Yeah. So, what what is a term that we normally use to describe 2020? A dumpster fire? Exactly. Oh, no. How ironic. Brevard County firefighters' last call of 2020 was a dumpster fire. Oh, my gosh. They literally took a picture of it and then are posing next to it after they put it out. Um... What? Yeah. What a way to end 2020. A crew with Brevard County Fire Rescue responded to their last call of the disastrous year on Thursday night. And it turned out to be a dumpster fire. Literally. (laughs) 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 The last fire of the year for BCFR, BCFR and Station 48 kind of sums up 2020, they tweeted. Wishing for a better and prosperous 2021 for Brevard County. (laughs) <laughs> and well they, done yeah they said hashtag dumpster fire hashtag uh last fire hashtag goodbye 2020 <laughs> <laughs> that's literally all that there is to this but i just thought that was hilarious um, that's awesome yeah okay so this next one and we're going to click orlando.com so obviously we have florida man uh, this was by Adrian Cutway. It was published December 29th, 2020. And this guy literally looks like your husband, and it's kind of funny. Um, That's so weird. Florida man accused of setting his own truck on fire to give deputies something to do. What? <laughs> Sir. <laughs> Suspect That's says- not a service they need from you. <laughs> no. Suspect says, um... Also, now you don't have a truck. Suspect says he wanted to give himself an early Christmas present. Maybe he hated this truck. I literally saw the headline, decided we were going to talk about it, and didn't read further. So this is the first time I'm reading this, too. Okay. (laughs) A Florida man sent his own truck up in flames because he wanted to give deputies something to do, according to the Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office. Um, deputies said they received reports of a loud explosion on Mare Creek Road in Crestview on December 18th and found a 2002 Chevrolet Silverado fully engulfed in flames. (laughs) Oh, wow. When authorities arrived on scene, 28-year-old Kevin Murphy immediately admitted to starting the fire. He was placed in handcuffs, and when deputies searched him, they said they found a glass pipe used to smoke smoke meth in his pocket and oh folded yeah up- meth was involved that yeah. makes way more sense yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and his pocket and a folded up dollar bill with traces of meth in his wallet when oh, questioned no. murphy said he wanted something for the sheriff's office to do and he wanted to give himself an early christmas present so he set his truck on fire 
<laughs> What's his Christmas present? Maybe he thought he would get an insurance payout for that. For setting his own truck on fire? I mean, he's on meth. Insurance is for accidents, sir. <laughs> <laughs> he's also on meth, so he's obviously not thinking clearly. Clearly. Um, <laughs> records show Murphy claimed he poured gas inside the Chevy's cab and under the truck, then created a trail away from the vehicle and set the fire. Oh my god. At least he didn't set it. At least he made a trail. Yeah. <laughs> Deputies said no one was injured, but the Michael, fire- <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> You've had two really great ideas today, and one of them was terrible. <laughs> Which one? This. This is terrible. <laughs> I'm going to go get a hose. <laughs> Um, uh, hey, let me let me see that. <laughs> <laughs> no one was injured, but the fire did cause minor damage. I have gas all over my hands and, and pants. Oh my god! <laughs> Can you light this? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but the fire did cause minor damage to a nearby vehicle and building. The Dorcas Fire Department extinguished the flames. Murphy is facing charges of second-degree arson, possession of methamphetamine, and possession of drug paraphernalia. Um, and this last one is a new one. Uh, See, that's another one, though. It's like, yeah, I have drugs, so yes, of course I have the paraphernalia. <laughs> Why are they- Uh, whatever. To make it worse. Cause, you I had mean, a bl- you had a crowbar drugs. in your hand and you beat someone with it. <laughs> oh God. Yep. Um. So this is a new one. We've had Florida man. Pretty sure we had Minnesota man. Well, now we have New York man. Oh Lord. <laughs> this is from. This New is a whole different. This is cocktail. a whole different breed. Yeah. This was published <laughs> on Wednesday, December thirtieth, twenty twenty. Uh, on News Channel 9, ABC. And it's by Alex Altman DeVilbis. Fun last name. Sure. Um, their their name is spelled with two X's. Not just one. They're special. Oh, my. They have two, two X's. So, okay. <laughs> a New York man was not happy to learn King's Hawaiian sweet rolls are not made in Hawaii. So oh, he my God. Them. What? He sued them. For false advertising? Oh, just wait. The class action suit. Hawaiian punch isn't made in Hawaii either. Oh, someone on Reddit said, wait until he learns about French fries. (laughs) 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 Call my lawyer. I thought I was eating deliquit French cuisine. <laughs> um, oh my god, what a dumbass! The class action. Did law- he win? I don't. I don't think so. I don't, I don't even know if it's like even gone to court yet. Um, oh my god, what an idiot! The class action. What lawyer is taking this case? He's got one. I I understand that, but <laughs> who is this board? 
Spencer Sheehan, but we'll get into it. We'll okay. get into it. We'll get into why he's Spencer. Suing. Yeah, we'll get into the real reason why he's suing. Okay. The, the class action suit filed on Friday in Manhattan accuses the maker of the popular brand of the popu- popular wow baked products of defrauding customers by suggesting what? they are m- still made in Hawaii. That's not what defrauding means. Oh, my God. Well, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Give us a minute. Uh, King's Hawaiian. this. (laughs) Be silly with me. (laughs) I know. I hate this guy. I don't hate the story. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, King's Hawaiian has been known as the most authentic purveyor of its eponymous Hawaiian rolls. Long Island attorney Spencer Sheehan told The Post on Tuesday. Unfortunately... Their labeling gives customers the impression that it's made in Hawaii. It's not. No, it doesn't. <laughs> the lawsuit <laughs> filed by a Yonkers resident says that King's Hawaiian essentially invented this category of food and said other companies have tried to emulate the roles in their branding. Um, according to the lawsuit, the objection states the front label mentions Hilo, Hawaii, where the rolls were first made in the 1950s. The rolls are now made in Torrance, California, and the suit charges that continued suggestion of Hawaiian authenticity means consumers must pay a higher price for the buns. That's why he's saying they're being defrauded. What? They're $3 if that. (laughs) Um, They taste better. Yeah. You you pay more because they taste better. Yeah. I have never once in my life... Bought King's Hawaiian bread and thought, ooh, this is coming straight from Hawaii. That's why I like it. <laughs> what? Yes. I like them because they're sweet and good with ham. Yeah. Like, what? Also, they're $3. Why are like, you wh- so upset? What's the matter with you, sir? <laughs> sir. <laughs> Um, why do you have this kind of time on your hands? And why do you give a shit? <laughs> um, oh, my God. Defendant's prominent If placement. I had found out that King's Hawaiian bread was not made in Hawaii, my reaction would be, huh, that's interesting. And then I would move <laughs> on with my day. <laughs> we can't do that in New York. Ugh, <laughs> we I just can't, can't stand do people. that in New York. Um. Defendant's prominent placement of Hilo Hawaii on the front label, coupled with the other legitimate uses of the word Hawaiian, is deceptive and misleading to consumers who believe that they are it's buying not. a product made in Hawaii, the lawsuit said. It's not. No. I don't think Hawaiian punch comes from Hawaii either. No. Because <laughs> I'm not an idiot. This guy got all up in arms at some family gathering about how beautiful and authentic this Hawaiian bread was. Then he flipped it over and read the label and got mad. That's what happened. Yes. He's embarrassed. (laughs) Had the plaintiff and class members known the truth, they would not have bought the product or would have paid less for them. What? The lawsuit seeks to have the company change the label. Okay, just give him his $3. This is ridiculous. Yes. The lawsuit seeks to have the company change the label, as well as unspecified damages. No. Uh, No. (laughs) There are no unspecified damages. (laughs) This guy is just mad. He's so stupid. (laughs) Oh my god. 
This lawyer's an idiot who is bored. Uh, I mean, he has to have something to do. <laughs> I can't wait for this th- for this to go in front of a judge and the judge should be just be like, "What?" <laughs> no. <laughs> Guys, go home. Like <laughs> This isn't even worth anyone's time. Why Goodness did gracious. I get up today? This is not what I was sworn in for. No. It's like if I had known that being a judge meant that I would provide preside over this case, I would not I would have, have chosen a, judge. a different career path. <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord above! All right, yeah. those were great. Yeah, thanks. I'm proud of those. Good job. <laughs> All right, let's take a tiny break. All right, we're back. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a uh, a two-parter for me because they're all hilarious <laughs> and there are 13 of them, but we don't have time for 13. Okay. So we're going to do six. Yay! So this is a Ranker article called uh, 13 Unusual Medieval Era Practices That Sound Made Up But Aren't. Oh, wow. It's a good time. So Ranker is long-winded. We definitely don't have time for 13. No, we definitely don't <laughs> have time for 13. They get paid so, by the um, word, too. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. List length. So, um, this was written by Melissa Sartor, um, and it was last updated October of 2020. Okay. So, ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Saving your urine. Oh, oh, God. Here I am drinking white wine. That Yay. kind of looks like urine. And now I can't drink it. <laughs> yes, you can. It's delicious. I can. Donating your urine to a dyer. So, donating saved urine was one option, but so was selling it. Ancient and medieval chamber pots collected urine for an entire household, a monastic institution, or f- or from a public meeting place and sold it to the local tanner or fuller. Urine was used to clean clothing during the textile clean- dyeing process no. and to tan leather hides. Oh, yes, to tan leather hides. so bad. I bet they smelled no, so bad. No, they didn't. Bad. No, they didn't. Urine was also a diagnostic tool assessed by medieval physicians to evaluate health based on color, smell, and taste. Taste? Yes, Stop I said taste. St- you're lying to me. I'm not lying. She does it on Outlander. Yuck. So she figures out that somebody has diabetes, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's pretty gross. But yeah, so that also that's why piss poor that's what piss poor means. Yeah. I, I kinda knew because that if you were, somehow. If you were piss poor, you couldn't even afford the pot to pee in yeah. to do- to sell your urine. Yep. Uh, people sell urine right. now on the internet. You can sell that's a lot disgusting. of things on the internet. Apparently fart videos are a thing. What? <laughs> yeah. This lady okay, makes like we need to grow the fuck up. This lady makes like fifteen hundred dollars a month on like sexy fart videos. This guy, what? this guy, no fart is sexy. No, this guy was like, I, I mean, I'm short on my rent, <laughs> and he ate a bunch of cheese and like <laughs> farted in the camera. He's like, okay, I'm gonna put my Venmo down below. <laughs> oh <laughs> Y'all my Venmo god! Me. <laughs> it, it, I cannot. It was disgusting. All to right. Watch. <laughs> That's revolting. Okay. <laughs> That's somehow grosser than everyone in an entire house peeing in a bucket and selling it to a tanner. <laughs> All right. 
Number two. This is my favorite thing so far. Okay. The position of the groom of the stool. Do you know what the groom of the stool is? Do I want to know? Well, stool means poop. Yeah, I had a feeling that's where we were headed. And 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 it's an official position in the king's court. No. No. Stop <laughs> the it. The groom of the stool. It wasn't just a respected position, it was a very powerful one. As a position that emerged during the late Middle Ages, the groom of the stool became more of a prominent royal official during the early modern period, said yeah. to have been a role created <laughs> said to have been a role created by King Henry VII during the 1490s. The groom of the stool was a male attendant cast with, tasked with <clears throat> caring for the king's needs in the privy. Yeah, because once someone has seen you shit, it's over. You can't not be friends with them anymore. <laughs> he would bring chamber pots and water, dispose of waste, provide towels, and keep track of the king's urine and bowel outputs. Oh my god. This is somehow worse than what you sent me on Instagram today. <laughs> and I am still reeling from that. I hate this so much. <laughs> That was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> often reporting back to the royal physician about the king's health. Through the 16th... It's really smart. Through the, through the 16th and 17th centuries, the groom of the stool received additional responsibilities, eventually overseeing the royal bedchamber. Dun, dun, dun. I'm just... I'm too private for all that. I can't... I, I can't. They used to have to watch you have sex on your wedding night and shit, too. I'm, t I'm too private. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, you would not have made a good royal figure. I would not have. I, I'm... All right. I'm not disputing that fact. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Going to a barber for an operation. Oh, naturally. We've talked about this before. I would go um, to my That's why the years, the... Uh, <laughs> Well, that's why there's the white and the bl the the red and white pole. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Uh, Fascinating. Red for blood. Ugh. Yep. Uh, so during the Middle Ages, barbers had numerous duties. <laughs> like Sweeney Todd. In terms of. <laughs> yes, in terms of shaving, they were essential to monks who needed to maintain their weird haircuts. But barbers were also the men who, you know, where they shaved the spot in their head or whatever. Mm -hmm. But barbers were also the men who tended to the wounded after battle, cared for the sick, and provided general medical services. Could you imagine? Often referred to as going to your often referred to as barber surgeons. Oh my god! They performed they performed bloodlettings and teeth extractions, no. removed kidneys and bladder stones, and performed other minor procedures medieval physicians deemed unworthy of their status. I'm sorry, your status involves leeches, sir. Come down from your high horse. During the 13th century, as the medical, medical profession became was, more formal... Your medical training was two weeks of school and a slap on the ass. You're not above yep. anyone. In fact, you're no. lower than everyone. Fuck you. Than everyone. <laughs> Fuck a doctor. During the 13th... During the 13th century, as the medical profession became more formal, Berber surgeons began to form guilds, 
only later split up into gr- into gr- into in- wait what into two groups during the 18th century <gasps> that's too that's too recent okay and that's that's too recent you said mid ages and now we're in the 1700s <laughs> i know too soon oh my god <sighs> sorry had okay. to yawn all right, number four. Everyone drinking, regardless of age. Uh, see, I can get behind that. Lots of people, including children, drank ale pretty much, pretty much, almost exclusively, as if th- if there was no access to clean water. Life was hard. This is a- let them drink. It was. <laughs> it is. This is a bit of an overstatement because there was clean water, but beer and wine were consumed by individuals of all ages. Beer and ale was the drink of choice for commoners and royals alike, made out of heavy grains and water and boiled with whatever additives were nearby. They were caloric and served as a key component of the medieval diet. It was not as strong as beer is today either. Yeah. Um, so that was actually an issue when like whiskey and stuff happened mm-hmm. um, over in America. They started making bourbon and things like that, and the bourbon was stronger than, like, whiskey used to be, mm-hmm. and, like, everyone was used to drinking all the time. Like, in London, they just, like, hit <laughs> the pub for lunch and then go back to work. Yeah. And but then they were drinking whiskey like sloshed. it was beer. <laughs> well, well, yeah, they, they were drinking this bourbon like it was beer, and then they were, like, shit-faced all the time. Mm-hmm. And so then everyone was like, oh, my God, the Lord will smite us! And <laughs> Prohibition happened, and then we um, got new cocktails. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Um, all right, so did you did you boop, boop, lost my place? Wine had religious, medicinal, and celebratory applications during the Middle Ages, making it a useful libation as well. Yeah, that's what I use wine for medicinal purposes. <laughs> wine was more expensive than beer, however, and not often enjoyed by members of the lower classes. <laughs> We've made it common. <laughs> yeah, whether it was. Wh- whether it was beer or wine, however, it was diluted and had far less alcohol than modern equivalents. See? Mm-hmm. All right. This is hilarious. Number five. Marriage disputes that ended in sanctioned physical brawls. <laughs> I love it. Physically fight, fight my husband. St- <laughs> fight instead of divorce. <laughs> Why waste time on courts and child support? In medieval Germany, if a husband and wife reached a dead end on some important issue, they entered the ring. (laughs) The rules, of course, equalized the forces of men and women. In the ring, the man was in a hole. One hand was tied behind his back so that he could strike with only one hand, and the wife was given a bag of coal with which she (laughs) struck. (laughs) Whoever wins the fight... Whoever wins the flight, meaning inflicts serious injury, or the d- or the defeated one asks for mercy, is therefore right in the dispute. <laughs> WWE Divorce Court. I love <laughs> That's it. That's the name of the trial episode. <laughs> by- I love it. Trial by combat was known as a practice in medieval in the medieval world, but the bar- but the marsh marital duel was a unique offshoot of the institution. <laughs> Judicial battles were a way of giving proof to one's guilt or innocence, and for the most part, were restricted to women. When marriage was at issue, however, a man and woman became the combatant in a med- in a modified duel that, in theory, allowed for the fairness between the com- the participants. A little insulting. Yeah. That a man has to be in a hole with one hand. 
Ugh, but I mean, that does give you a one-up. You've also got called I mean, to like, beat the I, shit out of all him. All the women would win. Yeah. Yes. In a, uh, his wife would beat him with one of the three cloth-covered cov- rocks, while the man had three clubs. Each time the husband touched the edge of the hole, he had to give up one of his clubs to, clubs to the court. That's hilarious. It's like operation. Yeah. <laughs> The woman couldn't hit him during that process for risk of losing one of her rocks. It's like a game. Yeah. But, but was generally allowed to hit her husband from wherever around the pit. <laughs> the loser of the marital duel lost his or her life. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, it's not funny anymore. Okay. <laughs> it really shouldn't have been funny because, I mean, a man can be abused too. I'm not making light of that. But also. Oh, no, no, no. This is just very silly. Yeah. Oh, Lord. I didn't know they were executed at the end. That's fucked up. Yeah. Okay. Walking. Number six. It's all fucked up. Yeah. But it's hilarious because it's absurd. Okay. Walking around with a sword at one side. All right. So not everyone in the Middle Ages would have been able to afford a sword, but for the men who could, it was a valuable weapon and a symbol of wealth and status. Mm-hmm. The cost of an average sword may have been more than the wages earned over six or seven months. Oh my leading god! To, leading an individual, yeah, leading an individual to opt for a smaller knife or a homemade bow. Swords varied significantly throughout the medieval period. Length, shape, and type of edge dictated whether a sword worked better as a thrusting or slashing weapon. On the whole, using a sword effectively required training, especially since they could be heavy and a bit unruly. Yeah. And you could compensate for something. All right. (laughs) We will save the rest, which are equally as hilarious, for next week. Okay. As long as there's no more shit and piss involved. Um, I'm not sure. Uh. We'll just have to see. (laughs) It's the medieval times. That's what people... They go to these renaissance fairs and things, and it's not really all that authentic, because there's not, you know, shit and piss everywhere. Nasty. (laughs) Alright, well, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope we've brightened up your weekend a little bit. Um, have a drink on us, and remember... (laughs) You are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Cricket. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Cricket. To keep the shots coming, access exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout-out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.